Um, I will turn it to our chair, our interim chair, our, our uh, what's, what's the good word? Um, I like interim. Interim chair. Uh, filling in for Daniel tonight, who's doing a music gig in Kansas City. So we're wishing mm. him luck. <laughs> I'll call the meeting to order. Porter, you have some brief housekeeping. Do yeah, just a reminder that we have the Zoom meeting and um, this is being recorded and broadcast on YouTube. Just for everybody's awareness, this is public. That's it. All right. We'll begin with our roll call. Uh, Daniel is out today. I'm here. Marlo Angel present. Denise. Hi, Denise. This is here. Mary. Mary's here. <laughs> Jordan Martinez. I don't think it's Jordan here. Jordan is not here. Dina. Dina present. Is here. Marciana. Present. Here. Rebecca. Nope. Jill nope. and Tim. Nope. Okay. And we have two guests tonight from Parks and Recreation, Derek Rogers and Stephen Mason, who I'll let Stephen fill you in on his new role in Parks and Recreation when we get there. But bear with us, gentlemen. Um, oh, actually, we can't. You can't vote on the minutes without a quorum. Oh, okay. So we will have to table the minutes until next month. Okay. So we'll table our minutes for June come back to those with July and we're going on to public comment. Do we have any public comment? I do not see anybody here for public comment. So check. Moving on to new You're business. really good at this. I am good. <laughs> <laughs> Had an easy night. New business. I see none on our new business agenda. True. Okay. Old business. Hey, is update on unmistakable identity. Is that Derek? That'll actually be me. Um, and anybody else can chime in. I just want to report I was out final Friday. I'm hoping you guys were able to see some of the stuff. I saw the um, the bang uh, performance at the Watkins. I saw the projector um, set up at the art center and I saw the art cart on the corner with bubbles and kids. And I was there at the perfect time because this kid was there and just had this look of astonishment and said, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I was like, man, I wish I got that on video. Um, so anyway, it seemed to me, I think Alicia did a phenomenal job. She, as usual, she went above and beyond. Um, and I talked to her, I was with her um, a good part of the evening. So I, from everything I saw, it was a great success and um, yeah, good, good that we were able to pull that off and glad it's, um, it did what it needed to do. So I echo that support of Alicia and the artist. The only comment that I had was I did feel like the vacant business owners were not so accommodating. So I know I talked to a couple of the artists and they had a lot of struggles getting permission from the vacant property owners. So that was something that we had hoped that project would be able to overcome. And I think if we did something like that again, we'd need to dangle a carrot in front of them, like some kind of financial incentive for those people with those vacant property owners and find some way for them to get invested in the arts because they did not seem like they were incredibly appreciative of that opportunity. Yeah, and you know we have to remember that Michael Davidson was um, kind of at the, the, the beginning of this thing. And at the time, obviously COVID was happening. I think he thought that this would be, but we didn't get this together that quickly. So I think right. that's part of the challenge. And now things are getting back to normal-ish. Right. So I know Alicia, bless her heart, talked to several people. I know she did. But it was very challenging because yep. things were getting rented. And yeah. 
So the people that did host the art were phenomenal, but I think it was just getting those vacant people that didn't have things in their businesses to say yes to the art. So for next time, do that. Um, okay, so unmistakable identity. Did we have an update on that? That is for Derek and Stephen to chime in a little bit and get us caught up on what's going there. And part of that is the um, city is is launched the annual budget process as of last night, as you may have oh. heard. And so Derek can talk a little <laughs> that bit about that. That was quite the launch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Derek Rogers, director of Parks Recreation. Uh, just curious, a show of hands, how many people tuned in to watch the commission meeting last night? I know I, Porter was there. I watched it on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, um, quite a process. The process is uh, long, and uh, I think the commission said what they didn't want, and that was very clear based on two or three hours of uh, three-minute uh, public comments. So we'll continue to work as we go forward on trying to balance the budget. Uh, a few things that happened, uh, mistakeable identity. Uh, we did the Ju Juneteenth parade. Um, that went very well. The pride parade went very well. Uh, two great events uh, for the community. We've got more things coming up. Um, picking and fiddling. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Stephen, but I think that's August 28th. That's correct. Okay. And then uh, we have September 11th, Arts and Crafts in South Park. And then Art in the Park is... September. Oh, just looked at this earlier. Um, oh, it's towards the end of September. Yeah. So we've got, a, got some exciting things going on in the community, which is fantastic. I did want to give you an update on um, uh, this, I believe will be Porter's last liaison, correct me if I'm wrong, Porter, um, with the Lawrence Cultural Arts Commission, um, Roger Steinbrock and Stephen Mason. Stephen just started in the communications and events division. And we have a new person starting, um, Abby Bush Wilder. She starts on Monday. Her background is um, she's coming from Harrisburg, Virginia, and she's currently a marketing coordinator with Endless Horizons. Um, lots of things going on. But uh, Porter, do you have questions? And um, I can update on the TGT if you would like. Yeah, uh, go, I mean, I, I know that we'll have a transitional time I, because Roger's been out this week. I haven't obviously been able to catch up with him. I actually talked to Stephen earlier today. Um, so we're in the process of, of making the transition over to Stephen, Roger, and Abby effectively in some way, shape, and that's to be determined. Can we meet Stephen and find out where he's from and what he's done? Sure. Tell us about yourself, Stephen. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, my name is Stephen Mason. And like Derek said, I've just moved over into the uh, marketing division here with Parks and Recreation. I have with, I have been with the department for about eight years at this point. Uh, full time, I worked as an intern and part time for a little while as well. Um, looking forward to being in this marketing and events coordinator role. Uh, I'm here from you know, I grew up here in Lawrence, uh, left for a little bit for school down at Emporia State. 
and uh, came back here. I've been with the department for a while and um, you know, was initially drawn to uh, variety in Parks and Rec, which is you know, what makes it kind of fun for us. And so um, in my previous role, I did get to supervise the Carnegie uh, and both the depot facilities as well. So I've always gotten to mix in a little bit outside of the sports realm and kind of that day-to-day that a lot of the department does. So I'm looking forward to continuing that community work and uh, seeing some of the other facets of Lawrence. So um, looking forward to this role and uh, seeing where we can take it. Oh, that's great, Stephen. But Derek, does Amy have any arts background? Abby. Still on that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I can't give you the an update on Abby. I know she's moving back, and I haven't talked to her. Um, Roger's been out for about the last week and a half. Uh, um, some unexpected, uh, just under the weather um, stuff that keeps going around, and seems like everybody's got it. Um, went to the Parks and Rec Advisory Board Monday night, and we had two people just back in, uh, just getting over COVID. So... <laughs> I did go see Hello Dolly uh, with my wife on Sunday, the last day of the show. Good. Perks <laughs> for you. <laughs> and, and I didn't, unfortunately, I didn't make it on July 5th or 6th to see the uh, special pops of uh, the track. I, I did want to see it. I just didn't make it. Um, we've got Shrek this, this weekend. But okay. We are, and that's the, that's the special ed stuff. That's the the uh, gotcha. special, special needs and i gotta say we are totally sold out mm. wow. that's that crazy. show is selling better than dolly did wow, wow. you advertised it well because i i really wanted to see that one because that's what i really enjoy most is watching the kids yeah so. they're just i got to see a rehearsal this week and they're just wonderful they were so good <laughs> i mean when you think of where they're coming from so Porter, is this correct that this is your last meeting as liaison? Um, I know we're working in that direction. I hadn't that heard that definitively, but I think um, this this may be this or August may be. We'll see which one how that works out. Because my heart just dropped, and I feel like we need a special yes. event mm-hmm. to recognize you need to come yes. back. Yes, we yes. won't let you go this yes. way. Yes. 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 You need to be what is going on? So. Um, we're shifting our whole being to our strategic plan. Derek oversees the um, unmistakable identity outcome area of the strategic plan. So I've been working closely with Derek on that. Um, My role is shifting to community engagement and communications. And so part of that is shifting this board and um, other arts and culture related boards, sister cities, all the other boards I'm on over to unmistakable identity. We would have been waiting for Roger to be able to hire two new people to help cover all that. They're also handling all the events, including permitting. That's what Steven and I were meeting on before. We're really trying to make that a more seamless process to make it easier so people can hold events and the city knows how to work with them on that. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of transition occurring. What I would say as far as a board perspective uh, Mary, I completely respect and appreciate your concerns about. And they will continue. Meetings. And, you know, um, 
for better or for worse, I wasn't able to serve in the full capacity that I was hired under. Um, obviously, I've been pulled in a lot of directions. I think a key thing to think about is this is an advisory board to this board. And so you all have very distinct artistic background, skills, understanding. Um, how do you want to direct staff to, or actually to advise these guys on what you should do? We have existing programs, which is unique. Um, those are all budgeted and will be budgeted for next year. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think it's a new way of being, but I also really believe it's a good way to be. And it's not like I'm leaving. Um, I'm still here. I promise Roger, Derek, and Stephen and Abby that I'm here to help and want to make these transitions um, in the best possible way. And so like the community arts grants, I'm waiting for Abby to be here so we can have that conversation and implement that program so that she can have the baton passed. If it's Abby, I'm not sure how that's going to work out yet. So programmatically, those are the things we're going to focus on. I think I feel confident that that team could totally handle the administrative part of doing the board meeting organization of us. But my worry is just that you do such a fabulous job of public art knowledge. And there's so many details with murals, public art installation, reaching artists that would be beyond my scope here as a volunteer advisory board member. So I worry about that knowledge gap, you know, and how that will affect our programming. Good point. Well, we have policies in place. And again, I'm not leaving. Um, so I win the lottery. I will warn <laughs> Anything over a million dollars, I probably will leave. Um, but until that happens. So um, I think it's an exciting time and I think good things can happen. And I think um, other things will be occurring over time as we transition into the strategic plan, even possibly, you know, how boards function and are made up and all that. Part of that, who's barking? Um, so anyway, I won't go too far because I don't know. I can't prognosticate too far into the future, but thank you. I appreciate that. I think I would advise the commission or, you know, as we do this transition, if there ever is an opportunity for a staff position to have a knowledge creative services role, you know, because I think you're right. Like you weren't able to perform because you had to, you know, envelop all these other communication responsibilities in addition to creative services. So I think if there's ever an opportunity for someone to be at creative services and not have to be bogged down with all that other stuff, it would really be a huge benefit for the city because someone with your knowledge base, I mean, that's an invaluable asset for us to draw upon. So having a city position that is creative services, not administrative, not communication, not event producing, but just that person is an arts advisor. Maybe and arts. parks and rec. It could be, mm -hmm. yeah. Unmistakable identity. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe not for next year, given the budget situation, but um, yes. 2024. And, and Porter is always close. Believe me, there he's got such a wealth of knowledge that uh, we totally agree with you. There's things I go to Porter that um, whether it even be some, it could be a, a public relations thing. He's got enough of the background and the, the different cultural groups through the community that he's got a pulse like nobody else in the city. He's one of a kind and uh, we're glad to have him. And I know he'll, he's always uh, willing to come and help out in any way possible. Um, but I think the city manager once has bigger dreams for him and some other roles that are piling up on his desk right now. <laughs> yeah, literally. 
Um, so Derek, I, I was gonna, I just conveyed um, that the budget will remain flat for the art commission with existing programs. So that's $20,000 for the outdoor downtown sculpture exhibition. And the good news is we'll have money next year. Um, 25K for the community arts grants and 3000 for the Phoenix awards. And then we always hold that miscellaneous thousand dollars for, you know, bringing food or um, we paid for some catering um, relate. I mean, that's sort of out of the KCAIC budget, but we use some of our money too to help cover those costs. So. so where are we with the Phoenix awards in terms? So this is, this would be an this, art year. This is the art year. Yeah. So this is the year we need to expend that money on art on art. Yeah. And I'll help. I, I drew up a, um, a list of things and I've been working with Roger and Lindsay um, was also with Parks and Recreation. So they have a sense of what they're inheriting and in all this. So we'll make that happen as well. That one's fairly simple as far as administering it. And you all can select the artist. So can we get a breakdown of these you know, items. A breakdown of yeah the items that you just mentioned in terms of the money oh it's right here. oh do you have one yeah i can actually send that out i just okay. can't one but, that'd be good uh, that's how it's broken out i have i have a more okay um, a bookkeeping version of that but it's fairly simple shall i pass this around sure if everyone wants to see that sorry i should have brought more copies i can send it out to y'all and then derek you mentioned oh sorry is there another question what that's not very much money uh, well, that's another conversation. Um, I think with unmistakable identity, I think there's opportunities um, to talk about that. So I keep hearing that, but I don't see any money. Um, TGT, you were going to give talk about that, Derek? I was going to say uh, the TGT budget, where we've been hitting records um, this year, has been really good compared and property tax sales tax were really good in the general fund. So we had a little more money. The uh, organizations during the pandemic uh, stayed steady. There has been some growth in some of the organizations. Um, thought I was getting you more money this year, and it sounds like it was pretty flat. So mm -hmm. I would like to see it if you have recommendations. And I don't know if in the past if you submitted a, a budget request to Porter or did Porter just know from being on the TGT and being working so closely with the TGT budget, know what the requests or needs were for the Arts Commission. Until this year, which was a different approach with everything we've done with the budget, we filled out, we, we worked together and created a memo um, for the, the annual request. I can send you historic versions of that so you can see that. That also caught, included the um, eligible public art projects and so those would be slated for the CIP, which we haven't done that for this year, but we need to pick that up because that usually gets going um, as we review the upcoming CIP. Is there time to submit a memo? Like if we did want to request more money or are we too late in the process? No, the city manager's budget is completed. And part of it is we did it because he's still trying to, we, not just him, but we are trying to transition into the strategic plan. That was a lot of what the meeting was about last night, obviously Prairie Park Nature Center. But the bigger thing was how this jibes with the strategic plan and the challenges that we've been facing as far as um, budget shortfalls and that type of thing. So uh, so this is done, but it, it remained flat for this year. So 
my request and would have to think about it for next year is um, like the community partner groups, I would take consider the Lawrence uh, Cultural Arts Commission to put together a request for TGT funds, no different than when we meet with Sister Cities, Explore Lawrence, Downtown Lawrence, Inc., put together your proposals and your request for funding and, and what you're uh, going to do with the funds. And then what happens is we look at the funds available um, for that year, fiscal year, based on current TGT funds. So, Derek, I'm a little, I'm confused. Um, in the past, individual organizations have made grant requests to TGT. This, this body here, the Arts and Culture Commission has not. So is that going to change or what? That's my interpretation is yes, it should change. Hang on, hang on. I think we're talking okay. two different things. So one is the TGT grant program, right. which is not technically. So that's not what Derek's talking that's about. That's not technically under mm -hmm. the Art Commission. That's a separate program, although now it's being pulled together because this is just vocabulary. Derek's talking about the TGT fund, and that would be TGT grants, the Lawrence Cultural Arts Commission, Downtown Lawrence, Inc., Explore Lawrence. So there's a, a whole list of agencies and um, programs that receive funding through the TGT fund, which mm -hmm. is, is a different animal and relates to bringing in events, all that kind of stuff, if that makes sense. So Derek's referring to um, that's where this budget will be coming from. So you won't be competing per se, but you'll be, that's where okay, you're gonna so be getting what, funded from. What funding, so right now, what arts and culture funding outside of the grants to individual organizations come through the TGT funds? I don't have it in front of me, but we can get that. Um, do you have that spreadsheet, Derek? So the uh, Lawrence Court Cultural and Arts Commission payment, $49,000. That's and not your TGT. I thought that was city. This is That's no, this is TGT. Guest tax so this is fund. new? No. Last year. This is this was this occurred um in the not it started in last year's budget, but it was budgeted in the year prior to that. So that's that's what and that's where we get, well actually no, it was the year before that because that's when COVID hit. That's right. Mm -hmm. And the, it was the worst got, timing. Yes, it was about the worst yes. time to start that. Mm -hmm. But we're through that now. And does that make sense? So yeah, some of this is just being clear on when we say TGT, what what part of the TGT fund are we talking about? The part I would love clarified, either Roger or Porter, is if we were to make a request to the TGT funds for additional monies for next year, what time of year would we do that so we can have that on our radar? Because mm -hmm. my fear is like, we'll forget about it and then the next budget cycle comes up and we're just given this and saying, this is your budget for the following year. I'd love to be part of the process. Right. So, because I think we asked for more, was it last year or the year before we put in a much bigger request? Prior to COVID, I think was the year that we <laughs> asked yeah, for twice still, the amount. You know, we're yeah. still coming out of COVID. So um, uh, as far as that question, so you're, yeah. so this is the budget that's in the city right. manager's. This is locked. 
for next for 2023. Right. So which has been the same for right. Mm-hmm. Right. as long and, as I well, can remember. And, and all these, everything was kept flat because TGT was so volatile. Now it's re- rebounding. So things are shifting a little bit. Um, so when would we look at next year and maybe put together some ideas or proposals for additional funding? Like, is there a time of year that would be appropriate for us to? That would, I mean, ideas? two thoughts on that. One, do you keep these programs? Do you alter these programs? The arts and culture um, crossings program now exists. Should that be funded through this or does that need separate, you know, getting clarity on exactly what this board wants to do as we emerge from COVID, as we move into unmistakable identity, establish those um, programs, whatever they look like, including public art. Um, The other thing we've talked a lot about, and I would encourage at some point, I don't think next year's too soon, but um, is there, you know, we did the cultural plan and fortunately for a variety of reasons that never really came to fruition, it still exists. Um, there's still items in there that might be worth considering because um, that was, I think it's a good plan. I think there's some good things in here, in there. Um, I've talked to Derek, you know, public art is coming under scrutiny. Um, we had a meeting with the commission because they thought, why couldn't we spend money on local artists? Well, we can, but the CIP is not geared for arts programming. It's a bricks and mortar requirement due to the funding mechanism. Is that the best way to go? We're doing events. What's our unmistakable effort? How does the Arts Arts Commission want to um, see that move forward? One option might be to consider finding funds for a consultant um, to come in, do a public art master plan. I know people, but if you don't take the step back and do the community engagement to really establish like we've done with the uh, strategic plan, we're doing it right now with our brand refresh, really engaging the community to find out what does everybody think about this and how do we build a plan that is less susceptible to criticism? You know, cause you've probably heard the public, the public art piece is under attack by some people in the community who think that funding should have been spent differently. It couldn't be. Um, But that's the kind of stuff that that we're up against. So I think doing some um, discussion, what what makes the most sense. So I wonder, I always get nervous about consultant, you know, because I feel like we do a lot of plans and then we're back to here's five years later and we're redoing the plan without the action behind it. So I wonder if could we do public outreach internally, like without a consultant, but like do surveys and you know, I know we've done at the art center before, take the community pulse of public art. And could we do something like that where it's not a huge expense and then perhaps do a retreat based upon those things? Because I'm afraid, I know we do our retreat in January. And I feel like if we do our retreat in January, let's say budget request goes in the spring, there's just not enough time. And I feel like there's murals that have to be approved, public art needs to be approved. And we always get lost in this quagmire. There's just not enough time and things drift. So now that we have this transition, we have Parks and Rec, could this body, Porter, if you're willing, and this body get together for a Sunday like we do and get a retreat going, get wine at Theater Lawrence and perhaps get heads together and think of some creative ideas. Because some of those ideas I think you have are excellent. Like should Arts and Crossing be there in addition to the sculpture exhibition? Or, you know, are there some interesting opportunities that we could do? Yeah. Yeah, I think, possible? I think absolutely. And that's probably a really good idea to bring, you know, I don't know if we should bring the parks board into that or, you know, we should talk about that too, but. We, uh, we're 
talking about doing retreats, two separate retreats, one with Parks and Rec Board and one with Cultural and Arts Commission. And I think that your time frame is probably really good if you look at October, November, um, because on the request this year, we started in the spring. So start looking at January, February, March. I've got some time. Uh, Jeremy in finance was a little slow because he was shorthanded. But typically, they start looking for those numbers in February and March on what you would like to do. And then we start looking at the TGT. And then as it gets rolled into the city manager's budget with TGT, they start to lock it down um, probably about mid-May at the latest. I wonder if, because we are in this transition, where there'd be any opportunity to do something in the fall, like could we do this retreat in the fall so we have some time to get some ideas out from the community, gather some input, and then when we do our annual retreat in January, then we're better informed, and I think we might work better together between Parks and Rec with this new leadership transition. I think that's a great idea. Whatever the, the commission would like to do, we will try to um, do everything we can to support your request. And remember that what we've been doing is shifting because of the strategic plan. Um, there's also the economic development strategic plan. So since we're here doing this, let me look up um, strategic development. So while Porter is doing that, I wonder if at our August meeting, could we all get our calendars together and then perhaps we could set a date for a fall retreat at that time? That's a great plan. Okay. Yeah, and we'll have a uh, quorum hopefully by then so we can talk. So again, city um, main webpage, City of Lawrence strategic plan, and you scroll down, all sorts of good information. The outcome areas, you go to unmistakable identity. Um, this gives you a pretty clear, so these are the progress indicators that we are working on. And these are the things we keep talking about. How is whatever the art commission gonna be doing move those needles? There's room for interpretation, obviously, but this gives you a, a little clearer path forward of um, what are we doing to um, satisfy these things and, um, apply the appropriate resources to do that. So I think this is a, I think it's a great idea. So that's there for you all too, as a reference point. And I think that's a good start. Yeah. Cool. Move, move into this new way of being. And again, that's a great thing. Cause again, you're an advisory board. So part of your advice advice to them is this is the budget we need to do what we want to do. Yeah. And I think to take a big step back, of be clear, what's this money going to do and how is it going to benefit the city? And it's not just about, you know, I is public, you know, I've often said this and I want to be careful. It's a great program. Is that really the best place for the city to be investing itself and its resources? I don't know. You know, I, I know you guys struggled with funding, you know, all the, the nonprofits. We've got a list here of people that are interested in that NEA grant. Should we be doing more to help them out? Um, you know, should the city serve in more in a supportive role than trying to do programs? It's a valid question. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a valid question. Too. Yeah, it's a valid question. So I think that's worth considering. So then the challenge is, where does that funding come from? TGT has more flexibility than CIP. 
because um, the CIP is bond money, so it's limited to bricks and mortar. You can't hire an artist to, to do art programs or something. So what does CIP stand for? Capital Improvement Plan. And that's... Um, Sorry, I'm just showing my ignorance. That's, I mean, that's a big thing, and it's a five-year plan. Right. Um, actually, next Tuesday, the discussion will be for... The, we, so we did the city manager's proposed budget last night and then the CIP will be done next Tuesday and that's all the infrastructure type projects yeah because we have several funds the, if you get a chance I really encourage you to look at the um, presentation that Jeremy Wilmoth presented last night um, you can look it up on the agenda it's very it really articulates it's a complex budget it's hard to understand but it gives you a much better sense of those complexities what different funds are available and that type of thing so is it possible to email our missing commission members so they know to bring their calendars for next meeting in August so that we can all put something on the calendar for early fall? Yes. Cool. We'll make that. Um, we're going to go back and do the minutes for this. So we'll have that information and make sure we get that out to Melody will help me with that. Great. Good plan. All right. So next we have the update on the NEA ARP grant. So great news there. Um, we have done the letter of um, intent to apply letter and we received 19 intent oh, to apply, um, which was really helpful to get a sense of who's out there. I had to call a few people who hadn't heard about it, but they got in too. So I, I won't say this is absolutely comprehensive, but I think it's a pretty good list and it gives us a good sense of how many people will apply with this information we met for a long time with my good friend, uh, Sarah in Columbia, because they've been doing grant granting more than we have. And they just finished implementing their programs. She's, and so she, her recommendation, and which makes sense, we have $150,000. We think we're gonna put a $10,000 cap on grants. So that way everybody should be able to receive some kind of funding um, and we'll have enough for everybody. Um, it'll be challenging for some of them if, if they all come in. Based on this, they all have um, checked the box that says that they are eligible. Um, so from what we understand, they are. That still is to be determined yeah. <laughs> per the NEA requirements, but we'll have to go through that as well. So our next step is we're in the process of doing the online application form according to the NEA requirements, which are just insane. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's happening. We got it together. We've gotten great advice from other people. Melody has done just a stellar job. I mean, I'm so appreciative and she's put so much time into this, um, but she's done a fabulous job. And so I think we're good to go. Um, I think the application should be ready this week and then we're going to launch July 18th. Um, so I'll be ready to go. And everything is here. So all the background information is here. People did the intent to apply form. Here's the general guidelines. We have the application timeline right here. So July 18 is the um, application period through August 22nd. So hopefully that's enough time for everybody to get that in. And we're shooting for September 16th for the announcements of grants, grant awards, which would be one of your meetings. So that will be coming up. Um, you guys will be reviewing that. Um, and if we have to change any dates, we can, but we're just really trying to get this out. came out really nice. It does. I went yeah. through it and there's so much information concerning the grant. So yeah. this was really nice and streamlined. We, again, Melody gets so much credit for really working. She's been part of a natural, a national cohort mm -hmm. 
I can't tell you how many other groups have been just (sighs) like we have. This has really been challenging. And I feel better every time I talk to others, like they're having the same problem (laughs) that we are. That's good. Um, so anyway, yes, I think it's been really good and we feel pretty confident that this is everything that everybody would need to know. Um, this is the fun one because it goes on and on <laughs> and on. It was really fun going through that initially when I saw that. I mean, most of it is probably not pertinent to no. everybody, but it's, but it's required. Exactly. So, um, yeah, we just want to be, you know, and we are ultimately accountable for these grants and we have money in the budget. So there's $150,000 of city money set aside that will then fund this. And then we get reimbursed from the NEA. Even that became a process. How does this work? So it's been a huge learning curve, but I'm thrilled to tell you that it's happening. And as I said, we got an extension. So this goes through June of next year. Um, so people can apply for any period of time within that time frame. And my guess would be is, is you all or you all, this is fairly simple for you guys to say, okay, we just take this period of time and all these eligible expenses, we have receipts, we have proof that all this got paid yeah. and this will match our $10,000. And so it's fairly straightforward, I hope for, for, you know, any group that's compared to the SBOG, it's got to be. <laughs> yeah. Never simple, but easier. So, is it a tiered structure, or is it all organizations will be eligible for ten thousand dollars, or what's the how is the yeah, format for the funding? Um, up to ten thousand dollars. So they request, so they might put, you know, you, each organization would right. put up in it. So I would assume I would imagine would everybody would request ten thousand dollars. Then there are criteria from the NEA related to quality of arts programming, that kind of thing. So that would be where some of those decisions would have to be made, like the TGT grant. People are going to ask for the maximum amount, but we may have to go back and say, okay, we have one hundred fifty thousand dollars. We got two hundred thousand dollars of ask. Right. How do we make that determination and it may be the size of the program or, you know, I mean, Theater Lawrence has been around a couple of years, so they have a pretty good track record versus somebody else who may not have that strength of track record. For an example, not picking up there. Does that go to this committee or how does that? The plan is that you guys are the committee. So just like we do with the community arts grants, you guys will get this information. You'll get the applications and then make the final decision at our commission meeting. Cool. Yeah. Well, kudos to you and yeah. Melody. This is, mm-hmm. it, you're right, Denise. It looks amazing, amazing for a city website. Yeah. Cool. It's so clear. It's yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's Kevin. Nice. Very, really nice. Kevin is really great. And yeah, we wanted to keep yeah. it really simple and um, easy to navigate. And uh, so thank you. Appreciate it. I'm glad we got here. This was yeah. not an easy road. But. Can we take a peek at the applicants? Sure, sure, sure. Test? Yeah, I just printed it and I can send this around. Okay. Um, but this is the list. And this is so wonderful. I mean, it's $150,000 for our city, for our community arts organizations. And we're like the only organization in the whole state that got this sub award or the only city to get the sub award for organizations. Yes. It's awesome. Yeah, it really is. And yeah, like I said, now that we've got it um, underway, I feel really good about it and glad that it happened. It's a really good group too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, It's kind of nice to see. There's some diversity. who's, Who's there and. So and that's really good. I think diversity is really important. Yes. And that's NEA actually called that out. Mm-hmm. Make sure you get to those folks that maybe don't always have access to that kind of funding. So next I see update on public art at police headquarters. 
Yes. Come here, Sonic. Once. You don't know. I'm sorry. What did you say, Mary? Center Inc. Where's the other? Oh. You asked them how the art center is on there twice. Sure. I said the art center is on here twice, so maybe it's on. Aha. <laughs> um, hang on, sir. I'm. Losing my place here. Okay. Need to get back to our agenda. There we go. Okay. So, yeah, just a quick update on Through Other Eyes. Okay. And I'm going to share my screen. So happy if you haven't seen it yet. It is um, spectacular. Please go out. Really? Oh, yeah. And um, here is Through Other Eyes. The artwork is completely installed. It is lit, lit at night. Um, it lights at 5.30 and goes to 11.30 when the park closes. Um, it was a pleasure working with this artist, um, a very seasoned team. His, he had three crew members come in. They were amazing. So we... We have a really excellent piece of art. The Parks and Recreation Department has been fantastic. They did all the concrete work and they're getting the pathways set up and they're gonna uh, um, landscape the area around it with grass and stuff and get it all set up. Are there gonna so. be some benches and things around it? And they're gonna be installing them. Yes, they're gonna put benches as, but it's, as well. But it's incredibly striking at night when you, because sometimes I go up that road when I go home from the theater. And when you mm. go up there and it's so dark all around it and this thing just mm. sparkles, it's just really. So, yeah, the great the great news is um, obviously you all know this was a long gestation period because um, he was selected before COVID, went into COVID, George Floyd happened, Ron Terrace Washington happened. So we're having a different conversation about police in general, which is what made the um, the artwork, adapted the artwork to that conversation and the idea of seeing through others' eyes, literally. Um, but I love the fact, too, that it's sort of an observatory. And, you know, I also love, frankly, that we're getting these telescopic images back from our universe. Yeah. You know, mm. it's like through other eyes, but also yeah, looking, right. that's, that's looking out, you know. So I just love that it's, I think it's just a brilliant piece. I'm really thrilled. And I'll be honest, I wasn't, I was a little skeptical, um, not my style per se, but I love it. And the neighborhood has embraced okay. it. They okay. love it. We have beautiful video of kids riding their bike around it. That's it's become a meeting news. point. The um, lights come on at night and are just gorgeous. That's good. Unfortunately, it has also been victimized by the budget conversation. So I want to give you all this information. Um, technically, yes, it was $340,000 from CIP funding. So it had to be bricks and mortar. Mm -hmm. um, this thing is going to be there for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, potentially. Mm -hmm. It's phenomenally well constructed. Um, so, you know, it, it is not something that's an ongoing cost. It was a one-time cost per our program. Denise was part of that panel. We talked about these things during the panel. This yeah. is not something that nobody thought about. Right. And we made this decision so that it would be a really great piece for this yeah. park as this park grows. So I just want to emphasize that because I know there's some that are critical out there. But well, there's been controversy over it, you know, concerning the eyes after the George Floyd. And, right. You know, that whole summer, it was really hard. <laughs> and I, you know, I admit I was 
I was wondering myself, but it looks fantastic. It really does. And to Mary's point at dusk, you know, when it's mm-hmm. just dark enough and that light comes on, it's, it's really stunning. Um, I also love it from, I've been at the police um, headquarters a few times when you come out of the police headquarters there's a grass area here, which is really beautiful, so that you see the top of this over the prairie grass. Mm. Wow, that's just (laughs) gorgeous. Mm -hmm. So I'm thrilled. I think it's a really good result. And I think ultimately, number one, the neighborhood has already embraced it. So it's it's serving the community that it went into. And I'm really happy that that happened. And we were successful. Agreed. Agreed. I think it has been a success. So yeah. To reiterate your point, it's not like this these funds would not have been used to fund the nature center. And so that's the commentary that I kept seeing. And I was like, should I pipe in here? Because it's the capital (laughs) improvement. So first and foremost, this was budgeted in 2018. So this is money that was Mm. already slated specifically for public art. Um, And this is the project that we chose um, consciously. We had a range of people apply. Only a few local artists applied. And honestly, the panel decided that they didn't have the experience to implement a project um, of this um, infrastructure-like nature, if uh, for, if that makes sense, so uh, that's what came out. And then actually, it was three hundred fifty thousand, three hundred and fifteen thousand dollars to the artist, and then the other money was used to pay for the concrete and other things around it. So, so yeah, that was money from the CIP that was was actually budgeted years ago. Right. So it wouldn't work. And to my, you know, I haven't done the calculation, but I really believe this will probably be there for at least 30 more, 30 or more years. So if you start dividing up how much did we spend and how long does this last, it's a little bit different perspective. And it really doesn't make any difference what you put up. There are going to be people who will object. Sure, sure. And and I and I honor anybody's opinion and I just hope it's a well informed and different views of art and I just I get frustrated when people use it as a scapegoat without really understanding the history of it. So and I think the percent for art program, I know it could be up for discussion, but I think there is something poignant about having public art in institutional buildings. It's like even the hospital, the arts center curated all the art in the new hospital at LMH. And you go in there, it's a different feeling than if you go in, you see gray walls. Yeah. I think having police headquarters, whatever anyone thinks about having the headquarters in that location, having public art there, it's a different feeling. Like, and every time I see the fire station, I love the art. And it's just mm-hmm. something about incorporating government, incorporating artistic experience and having the feeling of our community is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well stated. Thank you. Cool. I think that covers everything on tonight's agenda. The only thing I would love to squeeze in, do we have any update on community art grants for this year? So, yeah, that's my plan is now that Abby's coming on board next week is to, I wanted to bring Steve and Abby and Roger into that process so that we can pass that over to them and they understand how we've been implementing it. So I just, I put the pause button on a little bit. The money's there. Okay. Um, so, and I feel very calm. Now I can honestly say the money's there. Right. Um, there's and no question. That is for what period? For this, it'll be for this year. So we got to move fairly quick. So it mm. would have to be spent by December. Is that correct? It will have to be contracted and encumbered, if you will. It can be spent. That would be the ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's what we'll have to do is, is get it set up so that people can get the money um, for the event. I'll have to double check. And could it be something that a, a program in 2023, but funded with this? I have to check on that. Let me check. 
I just don't want us to miss out on that. Right. That's been right. Because this whole thing just gets spun out longer and longer. Yeah. We're still trying to, you know, catch up from COVID stuff and getting the, the TGT fund back up to full. uh, So the community arts grants would be through that. So what about the, the TGT grants will Will there be a, a call for TGT grants? And that's something else I need to work with Derek and his team on is so that um, we have the TGT grant board. And yeah, I know we need to get that rolling as well. And I think you're still the liaison. Didn't you agree to do that? No, again? I think Denise, oh, Denise agreed. That's right. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, again, I trying to get all this um, set up. One thing we've run into is we've had trouble hiring, very honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the great resignation has had an effect on us, yeah. too, and it's been very difficult getting people. So a lot of our recruitments have taken much longer than we had hoped, so that's been part of this challenge. But um, we will also be implementing that, and I'll work with these guys to get that set up as well. So those Order, are can we go over the-, the TGT grant funding would be settled, decided this year, but not would be then for 2023. Mm-hmm. Right, because we have the TGT grant program happening. Because this we've got nothing out of TGT this year. What we did, we did do the cycle this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't do community arts grants. Yeah, we haven't yeah. done community arts grants. TGT. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we got yeah, you did it festival. last year, and then the, the the events we have. Remember, every event got funded. Remember, yeah. that's been a nightmare it's for us. Been... <laughs> it all blurs together. The pandemic. <laughs> I know exactly, exactly. So we're we're good. I think we're getting back on steady footing and and getting our sea legs back after so much craziness. Sorry, Derek. What were you going to say? Um, Porter, I was talking to the mayor today and about the board a little bit, and so I I was trying to get a hold of you earlier today. But can you go through the timeline of when the board meets for selection of projects? Is that August? Then they meet three times a year. Is that correct? Well, there's not any, it, it kind of depends. So number one would be to one, just get the board together to review the guidelines and make sure that that's agreeable. Um, if there's no major change in the guidelines, then you just start going through the actual grant process. I have to go back and look at my calendar, but I think um, basically it's really pretty much late August through December that, that the, the um, review and decision-making process occurs. And then, then people can get their grants after January 1. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. And then the composition of the uh, TGT board members. It, uh, I said, does one or two have to be a hotelier on the. Oh, oh, oh the. Um, that's in the by the. Um, if you go to uh, um, iCompass, hang on. I'll do it with you. So in iCompass, if I go here and I go to boards and commissions and I go down to transient guest tax program advisory board. Um, I think everything is here, Derek. Yeah, the grant guidelines, the resolution, the ethics policy advisory board. I believe the resolution spells out two Lawrence Hotel Industry representatives, one Lawrence Cultural Arts Commission board member, which is going to be Denise, um, one Explore Lawrence Governing Board member, one Lawrence Arts and Culture Industry representative, 
and two community members at large. And then if you scroll down here, um, right now we have Brendan Allen, Peter Bobkowski, Katie Tigrin, me, and then I guess, yeah, wow, we need to fill, because all these, um, well, actually, Denise will be here. This is the Art, Arts and uh, okay. Cultural Arts Commission slot. So I'll get Bobby to add Denise up there. So we're missing three members. Hmm. Let me get that okay. clarified, Derek, and I'll get that information to you guys so we can let the mayor know. Yeah, she, she is thinking about it. So that got me thinking, too, because she mentioned it seems to be rotating hoteliers and there's some others in the community that um, it'd be nice to get a depth and breadth of uh, community members as part of the board. Yeah. Yeah. Let me check and see which slots need to be filled. And I'll talk to um, Bobby about that and make sure she conveys that to the mayor so we can um, determine. So if you know of anybody that might be interested, um, have them apply um, on the city's page and that they can do that here on um, iCompass as well. Um, I think if you go back to the board, it's here somewhere. Is there a, some information that actually explains what the role is of somebody on that board? Um, I think they have to go through the bylaws just to understand okay. sort of the mechanics of what it okay. is. But as, as Mary can describe, basically it's a, to Derek's point, I think ultimately it's about five meetings altogether. Oh, I don't think there are even that many. Maybe not, mm -hmm. depending on how much they want to work on the guidelines. But yeah, only okay. a few review. The biggest one is that we do a, 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 a one large meeting where all the grant applicants can come in and mm -hmm. do sort of a three-minute presentation above and beyond um, their thing. So that's probably the most um, uh, commanding of time. Um, but we've actually that that we, we did that in about half a day, I think. Oh, it's yeah, it feels only a couple hours. Yeah, it's pretty efficient. So yeah. three minutes is yeah. Let me get an outline together to get everybody up to speed on that. Thanks for asking. So I suppose since we don't have a quorum, we don't have to vote to adjourn. <laughs> you don't. You never have to vote. All you have to do is you leave. Don't. Vote to adjourn. <laughs> hey guys, thank oh. you. Thank you. Bye. Bye, everyone. See y'all. Bye. Bye.